a season of overflow. It's what I started speaking to you about last week, Sunday, and I want to continue. This is going to be part two. An overflow of the power of God. I said power is control. Control is demanding that what needs to be will be and what ought not to be should not be. Is it okay if I teach? Yes. Good. On one hand, there will be an overflow of the power of God. But on the other hand, there will be an overflow of demonic power. I began to talk about this last week. Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 and 2 shows us two parallels. Everyone say two parallels. He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. So on one hand, we see a parallel of God's glory, of God's power flowing and moving and touching lives. And shaking nations. But then on the other hand we see an overflow of wickedness. An overflow of darkness. And I looked at the ministry of Jesus. And as we looked at the ministry of Jesus last week we saw the power of God was constantly at work. Through Jesus. You can read the book of Mark chapter 5 from verse 1. You see the power of God constantly at work in the ministry of Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen? But last week, the mindset I was aiming at breaking is the mindset of bondage. I was aiming at breaking a mindset last week, Sunday. I was aiming at breaking the mindset of bondage. And the reason why I aimed at breaking the mindset of bondage, the mentality, is because God can't do much with people who are free, yet they think they are bound. God cannot do much with people who are free, truly free, yet they think they are bound. Now what do I mean by that? God looks at you as people that are free. But God cannot do much with you if you think you are not free. And I think and I believe that religion has done a very bad job of putting people in bondage. Some of the things that people have heard preached have put believers in bondage. Bondage in their minds. Are you hearing me? And as long as a Christian thinks he is bound, that Christian can never rise up to the place where God wants him to rise up to. Because you can't expect to set people free when you yourself are in a well. Is that correct? I want you to go with me to the book of Colossians and chapter 1. And I want to show you something in verses 13 and 14. Colossians chapter 1. These are verses... That I have personally consumed. These are verses that I have personally come to terms with. I believe that the Lord has given me a revelation of these verses. Especially verse 13. And so I want to speak to you today as I continue on where we left off last Sunday. 
But like I said, the mindset or the mentality that I tried to break last Sunday is a mentality that I am bound. The only reason why you are bound or the only reason why a person is bound is when that person does not have Jesus living on the inside of them. Did you hear what I just said? But when you are born again, you are a child of God, you are free. And I would probably emphasize this over and over again this year until it begins to resonate in your heart and your mind and you grab a hold of this. Because until you grab a hold of this truth, you will never rise up to where God wants you to. We talk about the season of an overflow. How can you expect the power of God to overflow through you when you think you are bound? The devil has been lying to you. Religion has lied to you. Your friends have lied to you. People that you've hung out with have lied to you. They've told you that you are bound. But the word of God makes it very clear that if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. You hear in Colossians chapter 1, we read verse 13. It says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. I'm reading from the New King James Version. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Tell someone, I have been delivered. delivered. Say it one more time. Now I want you to say it with faith in your heart like you truly mean it. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sin. I want to read this same verse in the Amplified Classic. I asked you the question earlier on, is it okay if I teach? You said yes. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 in the Amplified Classic. It says, the father... Has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control. That was a control. That's why I told you last week that what is power? Power is control. Control is demanding that what needs to be will be and what ought not to be should not be. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control. And the dominion of darkness. So if the father has delivered us, drawn us from and out of the control and dominion. The word dominion comes from the word domain. So there is a domain where Satan rules. That domain is called the domain of darkness. And Satan is the king of darkness. I used to be there. If you're here and you're born again, you used to be there. You were in the domain of darkness. I was in the domain of darkness. But the day we gave our lives to Jesus, the Bible says God the Father drew us out of that domain. So if I have been drawn out from that domain, how come I'm still living under a curse? If I've been drawn out of that domain, how come the devil still has influence over my life? 
if I've been drawn out of that domain, how come I'm still thinking bondage? Because the only domain where bondage is, is the domain ruled by Satan. You travel from country to country. The moment you cross the border and you get into that country, you are now obliged to live your life by the constitution of that country. Correct? The American military is one of the strongest in the world. But the American police cannot arrest me in Turkey. They do not have the right because this is not their jurisdiction. They have no right to come into this country and arrest anybody. Correct? If you will be arrested by anybody in this country, it will be the police of the country. Because the American police, the American military, no matter how strong they are, they cannot exercise their authority in a country that is not their domain. Are you listening to me? Yes. Satan has power. That's what the Bible says in Colossians 1.13. God has delivered us from the power of darkness. Yes, he does have power. But he cannot exercise his power where we live. Why? Because no matter how powerful he is, this is not his jurisdiction. This is not his domain. I pray that a revelation will break forth in people's hearts this morning. Because the lie that has been told us for many years has kept so many in bondage. But today we're going to say no to the lie. We're going to say no to religious lies. We're going to say no to this whole concept of Christians going through deliverance to deliverance to deliverance. And people go from deliverance to deliverance and yet they are never delivered. I heard the story of this pastor. Every year, the beginning of every year, he goes through deliverance. My question is, what are you being delivered from? The Bible says in Colossians 1.13, the Father has delivered us. It's getting quiet now in this Pentecostal church. <laughs> the Father has delivered us. Drawn us to himself out of the control. Everyone say, I am not, I am not. Under Under the control and dominion of darkness. You've got to believe that. The only reason you are under the control and dominion of darkness is because you are still living there. If you are still living there, today you can move. That's why I don't like to close services without giving people the opportunity to move places. Today, you're invited to move. Someone's going to pack their load. Someone's going to carry their baggages. And they're going to move. Someone's going to move from one territory to another territory. Somebody's going to move domain today. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? But my God, I remember the day I moved. I can tell you the day. I can tell you the place. And I can tell you the hour. I moved. When I moved, I moved. 
And from that day, I could not live in two domains at the same time. When you travel out of the country, you get into that other country. The moment you step into that country, you realize that I'm no more in the other country where I came from. You can't be in two places at the same time. Can someone shout amen? amen? One of the things that I've practiced, it's when I come into a country, the moment my feet steps into that new country, when I, even if I'm staying for two, three days, I'd say I take authority over this place. Everything that will happen to me in this place will be by God. I take dominion because the Bible says, wherever the soles of my feet shall tread upon, God will give it to me as my inheritance. So if I'm here for three days, I take authority over this land and I'm going to dominate in this place. Amen. My God, your amen is very weak in this house. The Father has delivered. Notice, it does not say the Father will deliver. If it says the Father will deliver, then it puts it in the future. Is that right? Yes. Notice, it does not say the Father is delivering. If it says the Father is delivering, then it puts it in the what? In the present tense. Is that correct? Notice what it says. It says the Father has delivered. <laughs> Come on, my friends. If you are being delivered, you are being delivered. Amen. What's wrong with you? How, how dare you make light what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary? How dare you tell me that Jesus delivered you, but he did not do a good job of it? How dare you tell me that you have to do a couple of things to make his work perfect? My Bible says when he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. The work is done. It is complete. There is nothing you can do to complete it. He did an awesome, perfect job. All you've got to do is come in faith and what? Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Salvation is a gift. You can buy it. You can work for it. Grace is a gift. You can give to get grace. The moment you give for grace, then it's no more grace. Because grace is unmerited favor. It's undeserved favor. You cannot give anything for grace. That's why Pastor Corey said it perfectly. The only way to connect with grace is by faith. By faith receive. So if the Bible tells us here that the Father has delivered us and has drawn us out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, what does that imply? It means I'm living in the domain ruled by Jesus. Praise the Lord. And in this domain that Jesus rules, sickness does not work in this place. I like this section. Bless you. In this domain that Jesus rules, poverty does not rule in this place. In this domain.
rules, bondage does not reign. Amen. In this domain that Jesus rules, Satan has no activity in this. Come on now. So I say, Satan has no activity in this domain. I live in a domain that has a different way of operation. And the constitution in this domain is opposed to the constitution of the domain of darkness. People get born again. They don't want the constitution. That's the problem. Are you listening to me? The same mentality, the same mentality that people have when they move from their country to a new country is the same mentality they have when they move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Is a mentality of not, what's going on here? Is a mentality of not wanting to learn what this new country offers. They don't want to learn what this new country offers. They don't want to soak themselves into this new culture. They still live in their own little comfort zone. I heard the story of a woman coming from Africa, Africa to buy some goods here. She was just coming to stay, I guess, for three weeks. And she couldn't live without her African food. She came with about 10 kg of African food. Just because she can't afford to eat something else. A lot of people are, are not taking advantage of what's available in the land because of their little subculture. Little subculture. I'm not willing to learn anything. I'm not willing to know what's happening in the country. I'm not willing to learn the constitution of the country. I'm just here for only two years. I've been hearing that for the last five years. I've been hearing that for the last ten years. I'm only here, pastor, for three months. I'm passing through. This is a transit point. Some of you are being in transit for five years. Wake up and stop being in transit and take advantage of all that's in the land. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the, the good of the land. The land is for you. Come on now. Telling me I'm here for two months. I'm here for one month. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to go to Greece. Shut up. You have no business going to Greece. If you wanted to go to Greece, you should have flown to Greece directly. Why come here and tell me I'm on transit? Five years transit. So people don't ever, some people don't want to learn. They don't want to adapt. They don't want to immerse themselves into the new culture. They don't want to. I don't want to have anything to do with these people. The same mentality they have in the natural is the same mentality they have when they come into the kingdom of God. They don't want to learn nothing about the kingdom of God. Pastor, feed me. Whatever you tell me is good enough. And that's the reason why many are deceived. Because what many have been told and many have been fed is nothing but religious garbage. Taking advantage of God's people to enrich yourself. That's why religion is like a drug. 
You get high and you get low. And when you get low, you want to get high. And so you're always needing it. You're always needing it. That's the way it is when people are addicted, drug addicts. They always need it. They always need it for that high. The moment they get high and then a couple of days later, they get low. And they always need it. And they are willing to sell everything they have to get high. You don't need to get high on religion. Just get high on the Holy Ghost. Amen. Get, get high on the word and get full of the word. And I'm telling you, when you get high on the word and full of the word, no one can deceive you. It's not going to be yo-yo, up and down, roller coaster Christianity. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Now, if you don't know the truth, it's not going to set you free. I said it before, the truth I know won't set you free. The truth you know will set you free. And the thing is that, you know, I can preach the truth and teach the truth and talk the truth and proclaim the truth and prophesy the truth. These things are not taught. These things are caught. Until you catch it, it won't work. Until you catch it, it's not going to work. I see people, when I'm ministering like this, sometimes you see people's eyes are... You know, popping open. Why? Because revelation begins to come. I started last week, Sunday, and as I was talking about this, I saw people were almost sleeping on me. But I just kept preaching. I just kept preaching. 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and suddenly, I saw people's eyes began to pop open. Because they began to see what I was talking about. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Or let's say this way, you shall have a revelation of the truth. Because the word know there's revelation. The word know there's intimacy. You shall have intimacy or have a revelation of the word. And the word you have a revelation of is what's going to set you free. Can someone say amen? amen. Can someone say amen? amen? So the depth of freedom depends on the depth of revelation. Can someone say amen? I mean, I can stay in this, on this verse for like the whole day. Because it blessed me. When I saw that I have been delivered. I have been, it changed the way I walk. It changed the way I carry myself. It changed the way I behave. It changed my disposition even to the kingdom of darkness. I know the kingdom of darkness has nothing on me. Praise God. The Father has delivered. He's drawn us to himself. Out. That one say out. out. Are you out or in? Out. Are you out or in? Out. Are you out of the kingdom of darkness and you're in the kingdom of God? Amen. Now, the thing about these two kingdoms is this. Revelation number one. They do not mix. Revelation number one. These two kingdoms don't mix. Tell anybody don't mix. Revelation number two. These two kingdoms don't, don't work together. God never goes to Satan. And borrows some demons. 
Satan, loan me some of your guys. I want to inflict sickness on some of my people because I want to teach them a lesson. No, 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 no. You see, you laugh, but people teach that God puts sickness on people to teach them a lesson. Now, so if God puts sickness on people to teach them a lesson, then it means that God went to the kingdom of darkness and bought some devils. Because as far as the Bible shows me, and as far as I'm concerned, nothing bad comes from God. James 1.17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no Neither shadow of turning. Every good gift. His mercies are new every morning. And great is thy faithfulness. Nothing bad comes from God. And I thought someone would say praise the Lord. So if you say. Like religion has taught people that God puts sickness on people to teach them a lesson. Then it means that God and the devil are working together. That's what it means. God will go to the devil and say, loan me some of your infirmity spirits. Because I've got some people. They are not listening to me. And I want to teach them a lesson. When I'm done using your, in, your spirit of infirmity, I'll send him back to you. How much will you char- charge for it? <laughs> Neither does the devil go to God and say, Lord, some of my people are depressed. Give me joy. Because I want to give them joy. No, because you see, you come to a church and people say, what is this joy? People are laughing in the church. This is from the devil. Okay, so Satan went to God and said, give me joy. Because I want to put joy on some of, some of my people. In actual fact, I want to put joy on your people. Because, <laughs> you know, joy is from the devil. Ha, ha, ha. That's from the devil. Right? Joy is from the devil. How can something good be from the devil? Is something wrong with people? <laughs> or God goes to the devil and says, Devil, you know what? There's this, my child, I want to teach him a lesson. And um, I want to give them poverty. Five years of poverty. So that they learn how to trust me. God does not work with Satan. God does not work with Satan. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness does not cohabit. Demons don't come into the kingdom of God. The angels of God don't go into the kingdom of darkness. They have nothing in common. Bible says, what has Christ got to do with Belial? That is the devil. What has righteousness got to do with unrighteousness? Nothing. Everyone say nothing. Nothing. Is this helping anybody? I want to read this same verse in the Passion Translation. Is that okay? Look at what it says. He has rescued us completely. I like that. I like that. He has rescued us how? Completely. He has rescued us partially. 
Is that what it says? No, it says he has rescued us completely. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. Satan is a tyrant. Satan is a tyrant. Tell someone Satan is a tyrant. See, listen. See all the tyrants that we've seen in Africa? See all those tyrants that we've seen in some of these countries of the world? You know? Put everyone under their thumb. They were all working for Satan. All of them. Satan is a tyrant. A tyrant is an oppressive leader. An oppressive ruler, actually. It's not even a leader. He doesn't lead. He rules. You will obey. Whether you like it or not. That's a tyrant. Satan is a tyrant. That's what the Bible says here. That he has rescued. God has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. Now, maybe the way for you to understand this is, think about the people of Israel in Egypt. Think about Israel in Egypt. Look up at me now. 430 years of bondage. Is that correct? And Pharaoh was a tyrant. He ruled the people of Israel. He made them work without pay. I say he made them work with no pay. He had his slave masters that flogged, whipped them, whipped the people of Israel. Whipped them to shave, whipped them to obey. That's the way Satan operates. That's the way Satan operates. But God had to send his man. God had to send a prophet to go down there to Egypt and bring them out. That's exactly how God sent Jesus to come down into this Egypt and bring us out. Amen. The moment Moses stepped into Egypt, a type of Christ. He brings out the Israelites, a type of the church. Out of Egypt, a type of the world. And from the tyrannical rule of Pharaoh, a type of Satan, Israel was free. But you see, the only bondage that Israel had was the bondage of their minds. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt did not come out of them. That was the only bondage. There was no other bondage. The only bondage they had was the bondage in their minds. That's what the Bible said, the, we, the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down. I want to say pulling down. down. To the pulling down of what? Stronghold. Now, oh yes, I know. I know. Coming from where I came from. With the kind of belief system that we had. We thought stronghold was up in the sky. We thought stronghold was in the sky. In the heavens. And so, every day I knelt down to pray. I had to bind all the spirits in the air first. Satan, in the name of Jesus, you can't stop my prayer. 
from getting to God. Neither can you stop the answer from coming to me. The angel that's going to bring the answer will fly swiftly and will arrive to me. You won't stop that angel. So I bind you now in Jesus' name. Pray like that all my life. All my life. One morning I woke up. 1997. One morning, 97, I knelt down to pray and I said, Satan, I bind you. All the spirits in the air, I bind you. And I heard this still small voice, very small, tiny voice inside me. See, when God speaks, he speaks from the inside. Voices that come from the outside are not from God. The voice of God comes from within. If it's from the outside, not God. From the inside, it's God. I heard this small voice, tiny small voice from the inside. The voice asked me a question. The voice said, you bound him yesterday. Who loosed him? <laughs> I felt like someone gave me a, you know what they call low blow in boxing. I someone gave me like a low blow. Mm. Oh, that's right. It did not hurt. But I felt someone gave me a low blow. What? That's true. I did bind him yesterday because the word to bind means to tie. So that was my concept of binding demons and spirits in the atmosphere. I said, I bind you. In my mind, I thought I was spiritually taking a rope and tying them, tying them. So every day I tied demons. So I, I, made, I paralyzed them. I... <laughs> A par- Do we have one of those uh, rags? Give me one of those rags. I'm a bearer, come. Every day. Put your arm like this. Every day. It's not a demon, okay? It's a brother. But, but every day. Turn and face them. Every day, I was, I bind you. I was tying the demons and I was incapacitating the demons until I was done praying. So while I was praying, they couldn't move. So they had to stay bound, inactive. My prayers will have to fly to heaven, arrive at the throne of God, and God will look at it. Okay. Gabriel. Gabriel, angel of good news, come. This man, <laughs> this my son, is in Istanbul. He has five requests this morning. Um, go and deliver them to him. While the demons are still bound, Gabriel flies down. <laughs> gets into my room. Gives me my package. And flies back. When he gets back to the throne of God. <laughs> now, 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 don't get me wrong. I, I never lose them. Because when my request has arrived and the angel is flown back to heaven, I never tell the demons, okay, you're free now. <laughs> so the demons were still bound. So when the Lord spoke to me, the still small voice said, you bound them yesterday, who loosed them? And I thought, that's true. That's true. Who loosed them? And that was the day I got my liberty. And I stopped this binding and losing business. Now, now I know somebody's going to, you're going ahead of me. Don't go ahead of me. I'm going to touch binding and loosing. 
I believe in binding and loosing. Okay? But I'll tell you what it is. Okay? Properly dividing the word of truth. Right? Study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker, a workman. Right? That's not ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We've got to rightly divide the word of truth if you want people to be free. So, the moment I heard who loosed him, I was free. Because I knew what the Lord was trying to communicate to me. The Lord does not need to give you a whole book to read. One sentence, one paragraph, one word, you would digest for the rest of your life. That day I was free. I stopped this binding, this one, this one. Okay? Okay. So I began to learn. Thank you. I stopped binding. So I don't go, to, to, go, to, go on my knees and say, Satan, I bind you. I don't do that anymore. And then I realized that God is closer to me than the air I breathe. <laughs> I realized that God is closer to me than the air I breathe. I realized that God spoke to Moses under the old covenant face to face. Like a man speaks with his friend. If Moses had that under the old covenant, what do we have under the new covenant? Much better. Much greater promises. Can someone say amen? amen. Much better promise, much greater benefits. Can someone shout amen? amen? So the weapon of our warfare are not cornered, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now the strongholds are not there. Now where's the stronghold? It goes further to say, casting down imaginations. The stronghold is in the imaginations of men. <laughs> it's not in the air. That's why I said to you, when Israel came out of Egypt, the only bondage they had was the bondage of their mind. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt did not come out of them. That's why they kept saying to Moses, take us back to Egypt. Where we had the onions and the leeks and the garlic. God says, I'm taking you into a land flowing with milk and honey. You're talking about onion and garlic and leeks. Are you, are you okay? Garlic. I know that's medicinal, but it stinks. That thing smells. I get on the bar sometimes. My God. People are eating garlic the whole day. They didn't brush Sometimes it, it, it's not even about brushing, it's oozes. It's, 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 it, there's, this, there's this presence <laughs> of garlic they carry. You know when somebody's walking in with a presence? It's, 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 you walk in with the glory of God when you come into a place and people can feel it. But some people just walk in with the presence of garlic. <laughs> this strong stench, it's on them. That's a problem. The problem with body odor, mouth odor, is you don't know you have it, but everybody knows. <laughs> you carry it wherever you go. Then you start speaking. And people, people are doing like this. Are you listening? Yeah, I'm listening to you. I listen with my ears, not with my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone shout amen? amen? 
casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity, bringing into captivity every thought, every thought, every thought. So the bondage that exists is the bondage in the mind. Can someone say amen? Now, before I go any further, I said I'm going to deal with binding and loosing. Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Is that correct? Now, let's look at that. What does it really mean? You can't bind what he hasn't bound. The real reading of that verse is whatever God has disallowed, you can disallow. Whatever God has allowed, you can allow. Do you understand that? When Jesus comes in, the devils cried out, Have you come to torment us before the time? In other words, there is a time. There is what? There is a time set for them to be tormented. What you can do with demons now is you can take authority over them and cast them away. You can take authority and resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can cast demons out. But when it comes to tying them up, you can't. You don't tie them. You cast them away, they're going to be free to run around other places. They have no business in my family. They have no business on my finances. They have no business in this church. If they try to show up, I'm going to stand in my place of dominion and authority. And I'll tell them, you have no place here. In the name of Jesus, you leave and you never return. Amen. Do you see what I'm saying? That is the kind of binding we do. That's the kind of binding we do. Not this binding of binding spirits in the air before you start praying. I was dealing with this in a church in Germany. The pastor said to me, stop talking to sub." Stop saying it because I've taught my people this stuff. But I'm trying to help your people because you taught them garbage. What you taught them is not right. So he said, please, don't, don't touch that. Yeah, why, you, why did you invite me? You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. And I thought someone would shout, amen. amen. The only bondage is, in the bondage is the bondage of the mind. Did you hear me? Go to Romans chapter 12. Is anybody getting anything? Yes. Romans 12. Let's see. Breaking strongholds. Breaking mentalities. That's stopping people from seeing an overflow of whatever God wants to do in their lives. And listen to me. We are in the season of the overflow. And even as I'm speaking, I mean, I don't know when I'll finish talking on the overflow this year. But I'm telling you, on Sundays, I'm going to be speaking about the overflow. We're going to see overflow even in the arena of finance. Amen. See, that amen was very nice because they heard finance. Um, <laughs> but we're going to see an overflow in that area. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? But you're also going to see. That's why I'm, it's important that we take time to build the foundation well. 
Because we can preach on overflow in regards to finance, but if you still have poverty thinking, you never believe that God can do much in your life. You still believe you're a worm. You still believe that you're a nobody. You still believe that you're from one village in Africa. And then that's it. As long as you hold that mentality, you never rise up. As much as God wants to do it, as much as God wants to give you a business of your own, as much as God wants to give you miracles and breakthroughs and opportunities, as long as you keep thinking poverty, you can never rise up. So that's why we need to break this mindset. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. Look at Romans chapter Look at what it says in verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Notice verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Now, notice who is Paul writing to? Pardon. Believers. Believers. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed there is the Greek word metamorphosis. You know butterfly, right? You know butterfly does not become a butterfly. It was once a caterpillar. It was once a worm. It's all right. So the process of a butterfly becoming a butterfly, oh, sorry, let me say it this way. The process of a caterpillar or that worm becoming butterfly is called metamorphosis. It's a process. No one says it's a process. It's a process. If you saw that butterfly when it was a worm, you would want to squash it. But when it turns into a beautiful butterfly, everyone likes it. Oh, look at that butterfly. Look at all the colors. But there was a process. There was a process. This butterfly metamorphosed, or this caterpillar metamorphosed into this pretty, beautiful butterfly. That's what the Bible is saying to us here. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed. But how do you become a beautiful butterfly? By the renewing of your mind. <laughs> Are you seeing the key now? By the renewing of your word, of your mind. For you to see an overflow in every area of your life, your mind has to be renewed. So that's why I said you cannot expect to be used by God when you still think bondage. You can't. Even though you are truly free, God sees you as free. For whom the Son sets free is <laughs> free indeed. Though God sees that, but until you see that, you never take advantage of it. The bondage is here in the minds of people. That's why I like this book written by Joyce Meyer. The Battle Field of the Mind. That's the place. Here, look at it. Put your hand here. That's where it is. This is where the fight, this is where the fight goes on. This is where the battle is won. This is where the battle is lost. Right in the mind. Right in the mind. As a man thinks, 
so is the man. Stinking thinking, stinking results. Rich thinking, rich results. Power thinking, power results. Wealthy thinking, wealthy results. Freedom thinking, freedom results. As a man thinks, my son, protect your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. A good tree cannot give birth to bad, to bad, bad fruit. Can someone say amen? amen. Can someone say amen? amen? Can someone say amen? amen. Praise God. I said praise God. Amen. This is helping anybody. Be transformed. Tell someone be transformed. Notice, it says, by the renewing of your mind, that ye may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you can't even prove the will of God until you're transformed in your mind. <laughs> Are you listening now? So even though the will of God for you is amazing, you will have no idea of what it is. You have no idea of what it is. And if you have no idea what it is, you won't take advantage of it. Am I preaching? Huh? Or preaching? Teaching? Which one am I doing? Getting anything? Are you getting anything? Amen. See, this is where the work needs to be done, people. It's where the work needs to be done. I mean, it, we should be done with all this running from service to service and having people lay hands on you thinking that immediately they do, your life will be transformed. This is not a bracatabra. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. No, we need to teach this thing, right? We need to preach it, right? Because it is in the teaching and the preaching, right? If you, go, if you saw what I wrote on Facebook and on Instagram, it is not the... Prayer, we pray that delivers people. It is the message we preach. Amen. Deliverance don't come through prayer. Amen. Deliverance comes through a message. Amen. Deliverance don't come by praying. Deliverance comes through a message. I can lay hands on you until all your hair falls out. But until you see it, you cannot get it. God said to Abraham, lift up your head and look. As far as you can see, I give you. Can someone say amen? amen? Until you see it, you can get it. Until you see it, you can get it. Tell your neighbor, until you see it, you cannot get it. Tell someone else, until you see it, you can't appropriate it. See, this is how simple it is. So for you to be able to see it, there's got to come a renewing of your mind. Some were raised up. Some were raised up to believe that they, are, they can't do it. That's why, I mean, I, I, as a pastor, I've come to the realization, listen to this carefully, I've come to the realization 
that everyone has a story. <laughs> I've come to that realization. When people are messing up, there is a story behind it. I, I know that there is a story. So I don't want to run into conclusion. I want to listen to them first. There is always a story. And let me say this. The story most of the time goes back to family. The story most of the time goes back to the family they're coming from. Because to be very honest with you, most things start from home. <laughs> Dysfunctionality has messed up so many people. When you grew up with parents who always told you, we cannot afford it, we cannot afford it, we cannot afford it, we cannot afford it. But all your friends have it. But your parents just, we cannot afford it, we cannot afford it. You grew up with the mentality of poverty. When you grow up with parents who never affirms you, who never says, I believe in you, I know you can do it. You grow up with complex. You become inferior. You begin to struggle. When you leave your parents' home, you begin to struggle with self, low self-esteem. Everyone talks, you can talk. It's not about whether you can speak good grammar or not. You're just timid. You're just feeling inferior. Because no one ever said to you, I believe in you. Trace everything back to the family. That's why we as Christian parents, we need to do our best to raise our children up to the point where we are putting so much in them so that when they leave home, they carry themselves with dignity. Can someone shout hallelujah? I said amen. amen. I said amen. amen. I said amen. amen. What of the abuse that has happened? Many were abused from their homes. They're born again today, but the, the root of abuse is still there. Verbal abuse. Verbal abuse. Physical abuse. The wound is still there. Where? No, your spirit is saved. If Jesus came right now, you're going to heaven, but you messed up in the mind. There's a wound in the mind. That has to be renewed. You've got to start seeing yourself like Jesus sees you. Your father didn't say, I love you. Jesus said, I love you. Your mother did not say, I love you. I care about you. Jesus said, I love you. I care about you. Your father said, you can't do it. Jesus said, you can do more than enough. Can someone say Amen. amen. You can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No excuse. Tell someone no excuse. No excuse. It's over. No excuse. The old has gone, the new has come. I said, the old has gone, the new has come. The old has gone, the new has come. Pastor. When they gave birth to me, they dropped me on my head. I, I, hit my, I hit my head on the bed. That's why I'm behaving like this. Pastor, my dad never took me to a fun fair, to an amusement park. Pastor, 
I didn't ride a bicycle. <laughs> Pastor, my father was always shouting at me. Pastor. No excuse. It's over. I say it's over. Amen. Accept what God has for you. Praise God. Because God wants to do exceeding abundantly above. Oh, you can ask a thing. Can someone say amen? amen? If a man is in Christ, it's a new creature. It's a new species of being. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Can someone say amen? amen. So now, the work that we've got to do is to take God's word and transform our minds by the word of God. There's going to come a replacement of the poverty thinking. There's going to come a replacement of the low self-esteem that people carry. And they're going to begin to see themselves like God sees them. As he is. So are we in this world. So are we. How is he victorious? How is he conquering? How is he in charge. How is he dominating? How is he power flowing from him? That's exactly how you are. As the Father sent me, so send are you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I can guarantee you, Father God did not send Jesus Christ into a place of defeat. Father God sent Jesus Christ with authority and dominion and power. Everywhere Jesus went, demons ran. Everywhere Jesus went, sickness obeyed. Everywhere Jesus went, my God, he was doing good. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. Doing good. He was doing good. He was doing good. And he was healing all those oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Do you know what? We can do the same things that Jesus did. He that believeth in me, as the scripture says, of his belly shall flow forth rivers of living water. Can someone say amen? amen. He, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And even greater. Greater. Greater works. Because I go to my father. I'm preaching myself happy. I'm teaching myself blessed. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm blessed. I'll never be the same again. These are the words of eternal life. I'll never be the same again. Praise the Lord. I said, I'll never be the same again. I said, I'll never be the same again. I don't know if I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to myself. I'll never be the same again. I'll never be, I'll never, never. Hey, I'll never be the same again. Hey, I'll never be the same again. Hey, I'll never be the same again. My life is changed forever. I'll never, 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 never be the same again. I'm not leaving this church today the same way as I came. I will never be the same again. For the seed of the word is being sown into my heart. It's being sown into my mind. And there is coming a transformation. I am being changed from glory unto glory. From faith unto faith. From power unto power. If that is you, then give the Lord your biggest shout of hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice and give him praise and give him glory in the house this afternoon. Hallelujah.